Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, June 13th. We are reading from the big book, and we are at page 54, the first paragraph, we found two that we had been worshippers. Today's readers are Sally A., Anita L., Martha Z., Lisa H., and Rachel W. The reference number for Monday, June the 12th, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 10032, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 10033. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth edition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sally A. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Linus, again for your service this morning, and good morning, visionaries. It's Sally A. in New York, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass.
Thank you, Sally A. And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia in a brand new home, I might add. <laughs> uh, the 12 traditions. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 54, the first paragraph, we found too that we had been worshipers. And we are going to share on that one paragraph only. I will now ask, pardon me? I will now ask Martha Zed to begin reading. Good morning, Lynn. Um, Thank you for your loving service. This is Martha C. 
I am a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. We found, too, that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, and then with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower? Who of us have not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we'd been living by faith and little else. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, the, the one part, the first part, they say, had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves. And in my margin, I have, for my, my guide, I have faith in food, faith in self. And I, I don't think I have to say a lot more about that. Um, and then with a the better motive, and then it talks about looking at these different things like the sunset, the sea, or the flower. And I, I think about it, and, you know, I, I, I love the beach. I love the shore. There's no place I'd rather be. And when I'm there, you, I can't imagine, it's impossible to imagine that this has not been created by a higher power. It's breathtaking, but there's there's no way to explain it. It's it anyway. I that's how I feel about that. And it says we've been living by faith and little else. And it was so funny because for some reason, as I was reading this, I was thinking about what one of our beloved members always said, and and she always says about how we always balked, you know, that there was you know that there was one solution, that it was a spiritual solution, and. And then she says, well, we did have one solution. It was always the food. And I, I don't know, I just had this, this flash about that when I was reading this. And then so I hope, think the whole thing about this is that they're trying to get us to see that reason isn't everything. And um, anyway, so we're, but that's where we're going next paragraph. So I just had, I want, had something else I just wanted to say, and it has everything to do with what we've been talking about the last couple of days. But Certainly one of my favorite parts in this whole chapter is, is about either God being everything or he's nothing. And my feeling about that was I was thinking that I want God to be everything. I really I want that so much. But I know that he's not always everything because there are times that I get really scared. And when I am, he's not. And and um, anyway, so I you know when I start thinking that everything depends on me, he's not everything anymore. So I don't know, that was just something I wanted to share about that. And I was also thinking about surrender. And um, in my, I, I learned that, what I learned at first was that my disease surrendered me. But what I've seen with the whole surrender process is that it's very active. It's not like, like you know, like detaching and dropping something on the ground and, and just giving up on it and, you know, running away or something. It's about... In my case, I can remember with my older daughter, like actively, lovingly leaving her in God's hands and trusting that he was going to take care of her. It was very active. It wasn't like I dropped her on the ground. I'm forgetting about her. So anyway, I just I just wanted to share that. And um, thank you for allowing me to ramble. I pass. 
And thank you, Martha Z. We'll now open up the floor for sharing. And if I could ask that you please say your name. And I'll gather a bunch of names and then read out who I have. So who would like Lady. to Lady. Brad M. Kim Lauren. Lauren. Larry K. Rachel H. W. Rachel W. Okay, Madam. let's go with what I have so far. And there's somebody, I think it was Leslie W. Okay, what I have so far is I have Matt M, Laura M, Larry, sorry, Lauren M, Larry K, Lisa B, Charles H, Leslie W. I think I missed a couple of people. Shannon M. Rachel W. Shannon and Rachel W. Okay, great. Let's go with that list for now. Okay, so Matt M., you're up, please. And Shannon, you'll be next. Thank you for your service, Lynn S. Um, good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from New Jersey on the East Coast. How we not variously worship people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves? I sure did worship myself. When I was in the food, I was the life of the party. I, want, I thought everybody wanted to hang out with me. And I was so dog. I didn't realize how obnoxious and selfish and egotistical I was when I was in the food, too. Those are not good traits to have. No wonder nobody wanted to hang out with me, not because I was fat. I used to think that, well, they don't want to hang out with me just because I'm big. No. I was really hard to be around. I was hard to be around myself sometimes because all I wanted was to see what I can get out of you and what I can take from you. That's all I wanted, you know. I worshipped I worshiped the food just like I worshipped other things, you know. Um, I, look, I used to think that I believed in God, but then I realized I didn't believe in the Christian God anymore. I used to look at everything like it says. It's the sunset or the flowers or the different pretty beautiful things out there, like the animals or the, or the insects, but the bumblebees, and I used to say, wow, what made all this? But then I used to, I used to like, my mind used to snap shut like a, like a steel trap against the whole idea of God, because I didn't want to deal with God. That's why I ate myself for 671 pounds. I wasn't dealing with my life. I wasn't dealing with my closeness to any sort of higher power at all. And um, I'm grateful that just for today, my mind is open. It's not closed shut like a steel trap anymore. And I'm grateful that I can just and that mental goose flesh comes on me now because I do have a sense of belief and a higher power of my own understanding. I just realized there is a God, it's not me, and I do have one. You know, so I'm grateful for that um, that realization today that just one day at a time I can realize that. that with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Shannon, you're next, and Lauren M., you'll be after Shannon. And Shannon, can you give us the initial of your last name, please? Uh, good morning. This is Shannon S. Can I be heard? Yes, we can. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everybody, for being here. This is Shannon S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater um, outside Buffalo, New York. And um, the, the word worship has, is so powerful for me. Um, you know, when I when I think of the word worship, it reminds me, it equates to me my higher power. And I remember... Um, in a meeting many years ago where I realized that food was my God and that's what I was worshiping. And I actually looked up the word worship here um, in the dictionary. It says the act of showing respect and love for a God, little g, especially by praying with other people who believe in the same God, little g. Um, Excessive admiration and um, I realized that I came into program and I thought that I had a relationship with a higher power. And um, I, I was one of those like ultra, um, quote unquote, spiritual 
non-abstinent people, and um, I thought that I just had this great relationship and, and just little food problem. And um, once I really came into the rooms and um, I was able to get out of the fog enough to be able to hear, I realized that I cannot have any relationship with higher power if I'm still in the food. And in fact, that food was my God. I was worshiping it. You know, I, I think of... Um, you know, kind of the, maybe the stereotypical view of worship, you know, down on your knees and um, maybe even in, you know, kind of a sarcastic or funny way, you know, like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. But I think of myself doing that to the food and realizing that that controlled my life. Um, and then I realized my defects is worshiping other people, worshiping myself, um, worshiping um you know, responses and, and a reputation. And um, and that is so backwards because what is that going to get me? Um, then when I realized, when I came into program two and I realized, well, I don't have faith in God, I realized just as this paragraph said, I had faith in a lot of other stuff, but it was stuff that was always going to leave me bone dry. It was never going to come through. It was always going to disappoint because my faith and my worship was in all the wrong places. I was looking, um, you know, I, I was looking to the, the hardware store to get a loaf of bread. It, that stuff was never going to fill that God-sized hole inside of me. It was only through worship and faith in a higher power that is everything and um, that is infinite and all-powerful and all-loving and has the grace and mercy and love and forgiveness that I need. And that's the only thing that's going to fill up this hole. And so I'm so grateful that every day I have a choice. I can worship all that other junk or I can choose to worship a higher power that is going to give me, you know, going to do for me what I cannot do for myself and give me all the things that I need. And, um, Yes, even as a recovered person, sometimes that's a struggle. But I'm so grateful, thank you, that I have some steps to go back to and a higher power to go back to. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Shannon S. Lauren M., it's your turn. And Larry K., you'll be next. Hi, this is Lauren N., as in Nancy. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Um, Thank you very much, moderator everyone on the line for being there today. Um, As one of our founding members talks about, I worshiped the bakery box and the cellophane bags and money and my parents and everybody else was going to fix me or someone was going to fix me. I couldn't fix myself. But I could control everything, which was absolutely a lie. I absolutely believed my lie that I was in control of my life and my destiny. Yes, I have choices, and today I can do the work. Thank God I can do the work today and get and stay in my program one minute at a time sometimes. But I get to learn and I have learned how to be of service. (coughs) Excuse me. 
I wish you all a fabulous day, and with that, I'll mute. Thank you, Lauren M. Larry K., it's your turn, and Lisa B., you'll be next. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me all right? Yes, thanks. Okay, thanks so much for your service. I'm Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, um, it says in one form or in one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. And I, I, I certainly got here living by some faith. Um, I had a profound faith in the, I call it the committee of three. Um, it was just the three of us doing this job me, myself, and I. And uh, when I got here, you know, that was my belief system in myself. I didn't get mad at you. I got distant, detached from you. You had you had two choices, essentially, love me or, or leave me alone. And I, and I always trusted myself to make the best decision, decision uh, for me because it was always about me. It was about you occasionally in the context of me. And yet, if you would have, you know, called me selfish, I, I, I would bring your attention and draw your attention to the evidence of all the things that I did for others. Selfish? How can I be thinking of me when I'm doing something for someone else? How dare you? You know, it's interesting. I was reading this morning that uh, in a paper, um, obesity has tripled among um, the young in, 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 uh, around the world. 30% of the world's population is affected by weight problems, and 10% of the world's population are listed as obese, and people are dying of diabetes and, and, and heart disease and all the, all the manifestations of this obesity. And I'm not suggesting that all of them are compulsive readers. I don't know what they are, but boy, that's a, that's a, a, a very troubling thing indeed, particularly among the youth. This way of life of faith in a power greater than myself is a deal that I wouldn't trade for anything. It's, uh, it's changed me by working these steps, accepting who I am, accepting what the problem is, Understand in step one, understanding in step two that that's the solution to the problem, coming to believe, coming to believe in a power that, that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, and then making a decision to embark on the rest of these steps. It was never a passive process. It was ne- you will never come on this line and be entertained and informed and educated and get anything if you don't take action. If you don't take action, you can't have this thing. So it's a very fair system. I had to learn that. But how grateful today that I can say that, that God is the, my higher power is what's most important to me in my life today. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Lisa B., it's your turn. And Charles H., you'll be next. Good morning, Lynn. This is Lisa B. in South Carolina. Um, I didn't speak up. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Charles H., you're up. Lynn, thank you for your uh, trusted service. I really appreciate you. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, Very juicy paragraph. Um, You know, when I look back over my life, 
and see that it was just not it had nothing to do with reasoning. Um and and I and I could say I, I, I didn't really worship it. Um I didn't worship food. I was a slave to food. I was a slave to the things I wanted. I thought that was normal. I didn't I never tried to go on no diet or 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 um I it was um it was just about getting the next one, right? Um <laughs> It's just so amazing. I'm in the South Bronx, and I passed the projects where I almost killed myself with this little white rock. It wasn't a white rock. It was me. I, I was a slave to that white rock. Now, today, I can I can take the train and look at the Parkside Project and say, you know, thank you. Thank you for that lesson. Today, I I have a responsibility no matter what. I, I, I worship these 12 steps. I'm chasing this recovery, this God that I can't see, like my face is on fire because of the life that I have today. I was blocked by, yeah, I love money so I can get the next one. Now I love recovery so I don't have to get the next one. And in order for me not to get the next one, I must try to carry this message to somebody that wants this message. Yeah, I had I had faith. Faith was involved all the time. You know when I, when those those foxhole prayers. God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll never do it again. And I did it again once I had the opportunity. Fred, you're speaking to me this morning. You're speaking to me, Fred. Jen, you're speaking to me. The jaywalker, you're speaking to me. You know, until I get a spiritual or enlarge my spiritual life through self-sacrificing and self-destruction of self, you know, I believe, I believed in that next one. Today I believe in, in, in the next compulsive overeater. Um, when you say you absent, let's do this work. I really don't want to hear about your food. I can't help you. I can't control that. I, I, I give this over to something greater than me. And I believe in this, and I am—I'm a slave for Overeaters Anonymous, and I—I'm a willing participant. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. I'm not sure if I did hear Leslie W. and then Rachel W. So, Leslie, did you want to share? Okay, I'm thinking that I just heard Rachel W. Rachel, would you like to take your turn now, please? Rachel W., press star one. Good morning, Lynn. It's Rachel W. Thank Hi. you so much for your service. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your service. And, um, you know, it just hit me that this, chapter is called we agnostics it's a we program we is the very first word in the book you know we and um i think it is anyway it's way back there we was told us to, to me a long time ago this is not a thing i do by myself it's such a personal process it's interesting it's an interesting dichotomy that it's it's a personal process but it's a we program we agnostics to me this is telling me that we have a default of being agnostic. And had this, had this chapter been we the faithful, you know, those of us who believe in God, I, I don't think this book would be as popular 
but here it's, it's, it's hinting to me that there's, you know, what I believe is like an, almost like an, an inherent human default, not to believe. And, and me as a believing person to be told I'm an agnostic um, was kind of, you know, not that I'm being told I'm an agnostic, but I'm being encouraged like, hey, maybe I am agnostic. And coming into this program, I realized, especially because of these words that were telling me how I was using my rationale, um, I realized that I was agnostic. And, you know, guess what? Big secret, don't tell anyone, but I'm still agnostic in certain ways. There are times that I still think that my will is better than God's, and I'm a recovered person. So I struggle with this all the time, and this chapter really helps me, even though I do believe in a creator of the universe, and I do believe in the spirit of the universe. And what, what this is, what this, um, this rationale, you know, that they're talking about does lead me back to believe in something greater, because I say to myself, like, how could it be that a piece of chocolate is greater than this spirit in the universe that created the flowers and the nature and, and sunsets and all that, right? Or, or whatever that is, like the greater piece. Can I rely on that? Can I, instead of picking up chocolate, why is pizza greater than, than, than this, this loving thing that I feel that is in the universe? And, and you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I had a situation happen. It was, it, was, it was classic. I have a ring, a beautiful silver ring. It says, um, everything God does is for the best. And I, I love this ring, whatever. And I read something about it and I told my husband about it. And, and then I lost the ring the next day. And I said to him, you know what? I said to my husband, I said, I, I, I want to talk about it. I want to tell you about it, but I don't want to live this. I want my ring back. <laughs> and uh, it was a really hard thought. And I was like, no, I really want. And, and that, that's a smaller thing, but there are larger things too. So the, the point in this for me is the action it takes for me to bring myself constantly, daily, back to God, back to center, back to the people who are showing me and encouraging me. So guess what? At the end of that, I could actually encourage somebody else. That's the most beautiful thing about these steps. It transforms me from an unmanageability that I think I never can find my way out of to a place of being useful. And that, and, and that alone is a miracle. And believe me, if you knew me before, you would know that that alone means that there is a God, there is a God or there is something else out there that's, that's doing things to, to my and our benefit. Thanks a lot for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel W. For those who are just joining us, we're on page 54, and we're reading the first paragraph. We found two, and we're commenting on that paragraph. Who else would like to share on what was read this morning? Janice M. Lori, Janice M. Vasa O. Elaine B. Okay, I've got Janice M., Lori, Vasa O., Elaine, was there anyone else? Reba P. Melissa, Melissa C. Reba P. and Melissa C. Okay, let's go with that lineup right now, please. So it's Janice M. You're starting, and then I think it was Lori after Janice. Would you like to go ahead, Janice? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm going to take that very first line. We found two. Well, first of all, you know, these people that have gone before us, they found it. They found the solution. (laughs) And I was always trying to find the solution. And I always thought, of course, like everybody else, that the solution was in the food or it was in the gambling or it was in the person or it was in the sponsor or it was in this or it was in that. Well, then it talks about, see, they're trying to teach me, 
they've taught me, they, they give me examples of how I can open my mind and kind of think, yeah, this is a process. So now they're saying, you know what? You either have to choose. You have to choose a higher power or not a higher power. Do you want to have a higher power and get the promises of this program, the solution, or do you want to not and live in the bedevilments? So now they're saying this is all about a question of faith. So we need, I needed faith in something to get to the solution. But, you know, it ta- taught me that I already had some faith. I had reasoning in myself, and I had an ability to think, which is the logic. Well, that didn't work. That certainly didn't work. And then, of course, they told me that, uh, yeah, I had some faith in, um, you know, worshiping, you know, love, the birth of a child. There's no reason involved in that. How does that happen? So they're trying, you know, flowers, et cetera. So they're they're trying to teach me, which I have learned, that um, logic and reason cannot be my God. Worshipping other things, there has to be something more. They're opening up my mind to think differently. And, you know, when I, um, uh, what was I going to say? The underlying unwillingness to believe for me was fear. What do you say? What do you mean fear? Yeah, I was afraid. I was afraid of the change. I was afraid of... Gee, what's the outcome going to be? And it was all about me. That's what fear is. It's all about my my um, anxiety, my frustration, my ego. So now I, they're teaching me to trust. Trust, rely not on myself. Don't depend on myself or another sponsor or whatever. Rely and depend and trust a higher power. And then I'll start to believe. I'll begin to believe, have this willingness, very important. They talk about it's overrated, but to me it's not. I have to start somewhere before I can do the action. The process will give me, will show me a higher power. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. I have Lori next and Vasa. You'll be after Lori. And Lori, can we have the initial of your last name, please? Uh, Yes, thank you so much. It's T. As in Tom. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I looked at the defi- definition of sentiment, and it says um, view, belief, attitude, or feeling. And I realize um, even to this day, I still have worshipped the God of goodness, and I've somehow thought that goodness could bring me peace and happiness joy, love, contentment, um, admiration, approval, acceptance, and even just saying these things now, it's still a very powerful sentiment. Um, don't know if I worship it as much, but I do think that many of my problems with food um, were sprung out of the inability of this God of goodness of the worshiping, not being able to do the job and my probably just rebelling against this God, not really knowing and accepting and truly believing 
not having admitted that this God was powerless, not, not having come to terms with that fact that this God cannot do what I want it to do. Yet even now in the back of my mind, I do realize that I somehow think if I attain it, it would come close. And that's going to be part of my meditation for the day is that my higher power, who I love and have a wonderful relationship with and who I know is my provider and all, but there's still some stuff down there um, that I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to surrender to him. And I really appreciate this paragraph for becoming, I love this whole book and the program because it just it never ends. It just becomes more and more and more alive. It's like a, it's like a spiritual buffet. It just never ends. And everything's delicious. And I'm always excited to be involved in recovery on some level. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori T. Vasa O, it's your turn. And Elaine, you're up next. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for your service. And Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, worshiping. I worship food. It was my God. I lost it. I looked at recipes and pictures, and I experimented. Uh, I spent many, 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 many hours of my life with the food. And uh, I, I, of course, I worship my children, my children, teachers, movie stars. Uh, I remember fantasizing, oh, I'd love to be a movie star, being on the stage, and getting the money they get, it must be so wonderful. I worship the president. Oh, how fortunate he's, he's like in control. Like he's in, and you know, look at, he's the highest person of the country. Um, I worship the sun, the moon, my house, my yard filled with flowers and vegetable gardens. Um, and I had all of these things, but nothing, you know, it was a temporary thing. I, you know, it would make me feel good for a little while, and I'll go to the next thing. I worship boyfriends. I mean, I'd be thinking and obsessing about boys, about men, lived in a fantasy world. And I'm just so grateful I was led into this book, you know, into the solution. And uh, today I worship my higher power, which I call God. I was given a new life through the 12 steps. And uh, I'm a slave, which is a good slave of the 12 steps. And it really is in a good way. Um, I'm, and I'm grateful to God for the, the, the new life I have uh, going through the new steps. And... Um, and just being in and having that relationship, which is the most important relationship with God. And yes, I have all these things in my life, but it's it's like it, it's not as important anymore. I just go and do it, and it's not an obsession. It's not a compulsion, and it's like with the food. It's just a way of life. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. Elaine, it's your turn, and Reba P., you'll be next. And Elaine, can we have the initial of your last name, please? 
Yes, Lynn, it's Elaine B. Thank you for your service. Um, so this is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. So grateful for this solution and the power greater than myself. Which, you know, even as someone with faith, it was a high-risk proposition to give up those bags and boxes and drive-throughs and, you know, aisles in the grocery store. It was really high-risk for me. You know, I needed access to that ease and comfort, even though I had faith. I, would, I had faith it would bring me ease and comfort. It did for a few minutes. And then I beat the crap out of myself. And then I'd wonder if I could sit in that chair without it breaking. And I wondered what everybody thought of me when up with 100 extra pounds on my body. And I thought, I have to work harder. I have to try harder. I thought about being lonely, but who's going to be interested in me with all this weight? And she's asked me on a date in years. You know, it was high risk. It was a high risk proposition for me to let go to that thing, which I could access day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that was so easy to access. Every single grocery store I walked through, every single convenience store, every single corner, another drive through I could try. But you know what? I had to realize that that was my solution and my solution wasn't working anymore. I had faith that I would get ease and comfort, but then it would turn. It would turn on me. And, you know, yeah, I I had, I didn't realize I had faith in other things like the sun's going to set today. That, you know, oh, it's springtime. If I fertilize my lawn, especially with that dandelion stuff, then maybe I won't have so many dandelions, then I'll have a nicer lawn, you know. Um I know that if I go to the beach, I'm going to feel a connection with a higher power I did have a connection with, just not a big enough one. I was agnostic in that thought that I could let go of my food and and actually experience what I heard somebody say on my second meeting on this line. We used to get our ease and comfort from food, but now we get our ease and comfort from God. You know what? I did the steps and found out why I was blocked from God, why I wasn't getting even comfort, what my resentments were towards this God of my misunderstanding. I was able to clear that away. But you know what? It still does pop up day after day to utterly abandon the outcome of taking this trip, taking on this new sponsee, accepting that job, all of those things. I have to... I have to trust and rely. I have to make that choice. I have to take that high risk. And page 100 promises that both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we discover the things um, which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. So that's a promise to all of us, and it's still coming true today. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Reva P., it's your turn. And Melissa C., you'll be next. Good morning. Hi, Lynn. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, also from Toronto. Um, what this paragraph teaches me, when I hear the word worship, what it, what it speaks to me is faulty dependence. And I have had and can still have faulty dependence on things outside myself um, and depend on those things to feel comfortable and secure. And I chased those things to feel stable. 
if I just have this, if I just get that, um, way beyond the food. And I didn't know I was doing it, and there are still times um, that I can do it. And thank you, God, for the steps that um, I can see it clearly. So for example, we've had some work done to our house, and there's a big mess left. Um, and yesterday, I spun around trying to get everything in order. And when I chase things on the outside to feel peaceful on the inside, it doesn't work. And it was with the food, and it's anything that I need for my fix. I need a fix because I'm not feeling right. And this is the greater aspect of my disease. And it also reminds me on page 98, job or no job, wife or no wife, money or not money, um, I can fill in the blanks with anything. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people or anything else that I want to put in there ahead of dependence on God. So what I'm learning in step two is that I need something different because what I'm depending on doesn't work. The other thing that really strikes me is, you know, it was pointed out to me when I shared a step 10 with somebody um, from Vision that the word surrender is not really written a lot in this big book, but the word turn is. So for me, this step two is as if I'm looking in one direction, let's say I'm looking to the left, all the way to the left, and I keep looking there to get what I think I need. And I'm not getting it, but I keep looking and looking and looking. And what I need to do, which is the segue to step three, is once I need to stop looking in that direction, then I turn. I turn to the right. I turn 180 degrees in the other direction because the solution is sitting there with neon lights and I can't see it when my head is facing the other way. Um, so this is a great reminder that in abstinence, I need to continue 10, 11, and 12 daily, multiple times a day because I so easily want my fix in the easier, softer way, whether it's food or anything else. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reba P. Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C., Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and, um, you know, I, I just, I love how this chapter just slowly kind of chips away all my arguments against, you know, um, and it's, and here's just a great example. It's like, um, if you think you've never worshipped, if you think all you've relied on is reason, well, guess what? <laughs> it's not true, you know, and, um, and so that's like sort of the way in, you know, I definitely um, can can see that love of my children, love of flower, love of you know a husband. These things don't have to um, be tested against reason. It's not necessarily reasonable. You know, um, having a baby is not reasonable. You're getting put yourself through pain and and um, you know the unknown and and. Um, so many things that we do that I've done, I did not rely on reason. I re relied on adoration and love, and, and that's, you know, um, when I looked up worship, those were some of the synonyms, you know, um, adoration. And, 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 um, and so, yeah, I adored and continue to adore lots of things, and I think um, even that I worshiped things 
that were ineffective, things that didn't necessarily um, help me, you know, things that were obstacles, was um, useful <laughs> because it it allowed me to build a, a muscle in some in some ways, so that I could then, um, you know, easily when the time was right, let go of those things that weren't effective and apply that same um, muscle to a power that is effective. And so, you know, when I think about the worship of um, my, my um, food, you know, the way that I was for food, well, how can I, how can I substitute, the, you know, a worship for a higher power, the worship for even just the action? You know, for me, the initial worship was um, I'm worshiping the steps. I am going to do the action, and I'm going to do it above all else. And something someone had shared with me was the same way you went to any length to get your binge foods, to, um, you know, push your family aside to get your fix, um, could you apply a little bit of that same energy in working your recovery? And so it was, it was, a, it was a way that I was able to kind of switch in, you know, and, and take out, you know, pull out the thing that was ineffective and now um, utilize that same muscle for what was effective. And, um, and this is effective. You know, the worshiping of a higher power um, can solve all of my problems today. Thank you. That'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. We have time for two, excuse me, two-minute shares, if anybody would like to claim that. Kelly L. Anyone else? Craig F. Is that Craig F.? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, I missed the first lady's name. Could you go ahead? Kelly L. Kelly L. Great. Okay, Kelly, it's your turn. Thank you for your service, moderator. This this is Kelly L. in uh, South Carolina. And God showed me this morning, or rather my higher power showed me, um, that, you know, I've had too many crutches in my life and too many, you know, I've depended upon too many things, you know, on people and uh and different uh, things, and I've got a very, you know, addictive personality, as I'm sure we all do, we all are familiar with that, and I, I, um, but, you know, my God wants me all to himself, and he's been weaning, gently weaning me off of all these crutches that I've had, and, and he's been doing it very gently, and I'm, I'm just so, I just, um, I'm just very, very thankful for what OA has done for me in my life, and um, I don't want to take it for granted, uh, I, I, and um, I, um, I don't know where I'd be without this program. It's a spiritual malady, and it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that I have, and it's a spiritual solution. And it's, I have to live by uh, spiritual principles every day, and every day I have to uh, work on the steps to program of action. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Kelly L. And Craig F., it's your turn. And Craig, you might have to turn your volume up for us. How do I do that? Oh, I don't know, but that's better. (laughs) Speak loudly. (laughs) All right. Can you hear me now? Much better. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, Great. Yeah, I had a text telling me I was barely heard. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this this idea. I I, am... 
I, I heard this term somewhere, I don't even know where, a functional agnostic. Um, I uh, think that that describes me and a lot of people that we came in with uh, with uh, a belief, uh, at least an intellectual belief in God, but we functioned as agnostics. We uh, functioned on our own willpower. We functioned um, as uh, as if we were free agents rather than depending on God. And, and, and so I like that term, that functional agnostic term. Um, I also wanted to say that I I, I uh, worshipped at a lot of different altars, and and one of them was the scale. You know, when that scale was headed the right way, when I was uh, on a diet that was working, um, then uh, that scale uh, became a god. And even in program, when when uh, I was abstinent and losing weight, uh, I I would weigh all the time and. Uh, you know, not once a week or once a month, but every day sometimes. And, and as long as that scale was the right way, I was okay. I, my first sponsor would ask me how I was doing, and I'd tell him how much weight I lost. And he would say, there's your vanity. How's your sanity? And it, it pissed me off, you know. I don't know if you know how close he was to getting slugged a few times, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm not that violent. I'm just kidding. But... um the uh, the fact is that, that I, I did worship at that, and uh, you know it, it's such a different relationship today. This um, uh, ego deflating process of the steps, and and my ego still being deflated sometimes. But this ego deflating process of the steps gets me to the point where I can say uh, I'm not in charge. Um, I, I've uh, not edged God out today. I'm making room for God and. And even the calamity, even the things that I see as horrible things uh, are uh, there for God's purposes. And uh, and I don't have to uh, be a functional agnostic anymore. I, I can be at peace to know that there's a God and I'm not it and God's in charge. And uh, I can let him have the, uh, have the reins and uh, he knows which way to take the sled. So... Uh, anyway, with that, I'll pass. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. And thank you, Craig F. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to our readers, Sally A., Anita L., Martha Z., Lisa H., and Rachel W., who's waiting in the wings. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, June 13th, 7 a.m. meeting, is 10035. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Lisa H., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. 
clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.